Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast. Tuesday, October nineteenth, two thousand twenty-one. No longer just two ones and zeros. I'm sh- I'm sad. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Country. What are we talking about on the show today, Ian? We'll be talking about uh, the the price point for the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass. We'll be talking about analog OS as well as that, and and Patreon poll and a Q and A. Ian's neck's bothering him. Uh, besides your neck bothering you, did, did you have a fun weekend? I had a great weekend. Did you, did you have a fun weekend? Yeah, I had an all right weekend. <laughs> had an all right weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Played D&D. Playing D&D more often lately, and it's a lot of fun. I'm Lay, really that. Uh, trying to get back into the once a week groove on that. But uh, my weekend was uh, good. I went back to the movie theater for the first time ever. Uh, first time since Sonic the Hedgehog. So like a year and... Nine months about since, uh, yeah, February last year, February of two years ago. Um, not two years ago, but almost, almost two years ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, 18 months was waiting for like the right movie to come along to make me be like, yeah, sure, let's go. And for a long time, I thought it was going to be Sonic the Hedgehog, too. But the new, Hall- <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> the new Halloween came out, uh, Halloween Kills, <laughs> and um. I'm uh, an overall fan of the series, even some of the lesser quality ones. Um, and I really liked the 2018 movie, so I was pretty excited to go see it. And honestly, what? I just said, Bonnie, you want to go? Huh? Was this supposed to come out last year and they delayed it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they filmed it pr- prior COVID. So okay. the next one is actually only a year away because they were I... supposed to be every two years. I like that. They were supposed Perfect. to be every two years, but as of right now, yeah, they're Halloween th- Ends is still next year because that was the original time. And they're filming that probably now. Yeah. Okay. Or I think they actually filmed them all already. Oh, wow. I think. Um, Lois Schroeder ain't getting younger. No, no. Jamie Lee Curtis is a wonderful, beautiful woman, but she is she uh, she ages like everyone else does. Um. So I had pretty high hopes going into it. Uh, it was not a great movie. It was not a horrible movie. I had fun. Let me let's put it that way. I had fun watching it. Anyone who wanted it to kind of be taken uh, to be treated with, I don't know, kid gloves or something. Realism? Yeah, I, is, is going to be disappointed. Um, but I had fun watching it. It's not really a horror movie. It's. It's not. It's okay. almost too action packed to be a horror movie. It's like movie. Terminator. It's not necessarily like Terminator, although Michael definitely plays like a bit Terminator. of a Terminator role in this one, uh, more so than most. So the last, the last movie was more like a horror, straight horror. It was, it was closer to a straight horror movie. Okay. Uh, this one, I mean, the you just you know people are gonna die, and there's sure. some jump scares, but yeah, it doesn't play out as much like a horror movie. Uh, there's some social commentary, of course, it's uh-huh. fine. Um, but yeah, like Michael takes on, you know, some spoilers here uh, okay. for a horror movie, okay. a, a cheesy horror sequel. He takes on an entire troop of firefighters. What? Yeah. Takes out a whole team of firefighters. Uh, fights, He's in his 60s by now, Michael Fights Myers. off like three people uh, okay. in a park. Okay, relax. And uh, takes on an entire like gang of people at the end. <laughs> So he's just like, yeah, he's in I'm not saying, if you're, you know, he's because in the first movie, he's like, what, probably 19, 20 years old. 
something like that, and that's seventy eight. Yeah, and they showed him. They showed, his, they showed his face and head in the last week. He's an older guy. He's got to be in his early sixties yeah. by now. Because because this is not this is not like Jason, where Jason became supernatural in part six. He was a, he was a human. Then he became supernatural. This is a person in theory. Get rid of well and, in uh, theory, but because we're getting rid of all the the weird Halloween four, five, and six shit, where it's like a cult supernatural thing. Like that's out the window. Yeah, but they could just be adding more of that back in. But the the point is, it's 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 it's, it's the family member. Yes. Like it's a person that Lori well, knew. Yes. So like. You can't be fighting off a team of firefighters if you're in your 60s. I don't care how ripped you are as a 60-year-old, because there are ripped 60-year-olds. But, like, that's insane, you know? But, uh... Were they, like, swinging out with the axes? The, the firemen? Oh, my God. It sounds ridiculous. Um, it's a, maybe it's a fun ridiculous, though. It got, it, well, that, that's, how I, yeah. that's how I felt. I think there are people who are falling on the side of bad ridiculous and fun ridiculous. And uh -huh. I had a very good time. Um, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I'm saying I enjoyed myself while I was there. I don't regret paying for it. It was nice to get back out to a movie theater. <laughs> I had two Manhattans, two Manhattans, the the two lot? old fashions at the lot. Yep. Was that a hundred dollars for those? <laughs> I didn't care. No. Um, it, I mean, it was not cheap, but it wasn't like that yeah, expensive. It's, it's 23 bucks for a ticket, but it's worth it for the convenience. Um, it was 40 for both of our tickets. And it's then convenience fee, it's three bucks each. Uh, was online. Maybe it was, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, the Halloween Kills Rotten Tomatoes, real quick, is um, 39%. It's been going down steadily, too. Uh, when it um, came out, it was at 54. It just keeps going. And then it keeps going the, down. The, first, the last one got a positive on the tomato. The last one, I think, ended up at like 63. It was it was, it was close, but it was still positive. Uh, consensus, it was really good. The consensus is Halloween Kills should satisfy fans in search of brute slasher thrills. But in terms of advancing the franchise, it's a bit less than the sum of oh, its bloody parts. I, I would say that too. I think that's actually the larger problem that people have. It's just filler. We it's know filler. there's a, we know there's a third part of this. That's that's the end of it. We knew that this was just going to be filler, and that nothing. It's, was it's the Empire Strikes Back of Halloween. I'm surprised they did a, a full trilogy, but I guess if the first one left it open to it, you know, why not? It could have or it couldn't have. I mean, it's whatever. Uh, and I saw. No Time to Die, the final Daniel Craig James Bond film of the five. Casino Royale, which was outstanding, rebooted the franchise. Quantum of Solace, which was like the direct sequel, literally picks up when Casino Royale ends. And that was like, okay, but forgettable. Uh, and then Skyfall, which had universal acclaim as one of the maybe top five Bond films. And it's really, really good Skyfall. Um, and then Spectre, which came out a few years later, was like, overstuffed and too back to the old formula you know you had blofeld introduced uh, you know reintroduced he was the original you know bond villain with specter and it was christoph waltz who played him and it, was, and it was like it was all right batista was great as the as the silent thug in it like outstanding train fight sequence in the movie and that's specter that was specter that was the fourth one and it was okay like but it wasn't as good as skyfall skyfall was so good that it just came back down to earth then you have No Time to Die, which was five years after, in terms of real time and movie time, after Spectre. So it's coming out in 2020. They pushed it back a year and a half because of COVID. You can't see Bond on the small screen. You got to see him on the big screen. Um, it was pretty good, but they just try to do way too much over stuff. It was two hours and 43 minutes. That's like insane for a Bond movie. was like two hours, like 15. Did you or, go to the lot? I did. I did. And I got the the, the, the calamari is excellent, by the way. Oh, we got the calamari. It's, it's, it's I, the, I, I, so if there's one thing that's uh, that I feel like should have been known, it's one of those like 
surprising facts that I'm surprised people do. I love calamari. Don't love but, it. But don't bring calamari to conventions, Ian's at. That'll be weird. No, that would be it'd, very it'd be weird. Soggy and gross. But I love fried calamari, and I, I get the calamari every time we go to the lot because what's more amusing than ordering fried calamari while watching a movie? It's uh, wonderful. And they get, they, get that, they get that fatty cream sauce with it, which is fantastic. It's wonderful. And their burger is really good, too. I have not had their burger. But they got rid of their brownie sundae for some reason. Anyway. Why you, don't ever get rid of a brownie sundae. I was upset sundae. when they got rid of the soft pretzels. Don't ever get rid of a brownie sundae wherever you are running a restaurant. I will come for you. Love so so um, No Time to Die was pretty good, but they try to do way too much and try to try to tie up everything with Daniel Craig's Bond. There, But there was an arc. They treated these five movies as one semi-complete story as best they could. Um, and, That's nice of them. Yeah, it was nice. I will say this. <laughs> The pre-opening, you know, Bond movies are famous. You're not a Bond person, but Bond no, movies are, are famous for probably the first movies to do like the pre-opening sequences, you know, before the, you know, before the, the oh, famous music video. Sure. Intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was arguably the best one out of all the movies. Oh, that's cool. It was like 20 minutes long. Like you almost forgot it was going to be like an opening to mm. the song. It, the, like there's so much things that happen and plot set up and the actual action. You're like, holy shit, this is going to be a ride. Then the way it just cuts, I won't give it away. The way it cups dramatically to the intro, where you're almost not sure it's coming, then it hits you with the Billie Eilish uh, theme song, which was really good. It was like, wow, this this was good. Unfortunately, that's the highlight of the movie. Like, it, it never again reaches that peak. That's a bummer. But like, wow, the first 20 minutes is outstanding for lots of different reasons, and I really don't want to spoil because I, I think people should see it. Um, and then it's then it takes f- like 35, 40 minutes to like recharge the plot again, and then it takes way too long to properly introduce. Rami Malek's villain, who he's wasted. Rami Malek is an excellent actor. And, like, you, you can see some motivation, but not really. And then you can tell the last third of the movie is like, well, let's tie this up the biggest way we can do it. And then go back to some of the old tropes with, like, let's invade an island. And it's an island base. And when I saw it, I was like, did you really have to go back to an island base? Did you really have to go back to this? And it was, and and the direction of the film, I don't want to give away spoilers because there there's like two big twists that happen that you don't see coming. The direction of the film goes to this to being a more intimate movie like Skyfall, and that's why people like it. Skyfall was not end of the world; it was a much smaller story than that. Mm-hmm. This was going in that direction, and then it goes and takes a turn and goes someplace that it's like end of the world thing and I'm like why did so it you goes do that? back to your superhero problem this goes back to your uh, over overarching movie problem lately and that's everything's got to be end of the world we can't have stories that have normal scope or consequences yes. like it can be like a small revenge movie and and for this is the 25th bond movie as well the last craig movie and spoilers 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 skip spoilers James Bond dies in this movie, which Seems people saw kind of obvious. Yeah, people saw coming, but it's still weird to see that because this is the longest running film franchise in history. Sixty fucking years right. this year. Um, it's the original like super. It's the original like superhero sort of movie sort of thing, and it's not extremely well earned. It's earned thematically. In terms of like crossroads of your life, and can I be anything else other than a killer? That those sort of things come up. They try to go into the emotions of the character, which they have done before in Honor, Majesty, 
Magic Secret Service and here and there with other movies, but they really went over the top. And Daniel Craig's a fantastic actor. All the acting was great. It's just the pro and the action was was great. The problem is is the story is where it fell apart. And it's weird because you can't expect them not to do more James Bond movies. I talked about with you before. They make too much money. This, this movie's going to make several hundred million dollars. You cannot stop <clears> doing James Bond movies. And at the end of the credits, there was the famous James Bond will return at the end. So they're going to reboot the character again. But I don't know how you do that. I guess you can, if you did it once, you can do it again because it wasn't a reboot up until – Sounds like the name of a James Bond movie. What's that? Sounds like the name of a James Bond movie. If you did it once, you can do it again. Yeah. I died once. You can't kill me <laughs> twice. Well, you only lived twice was the Connery film. That's pretty good that Frank loves. But yeah, it was interesting to see that. But the story fell apart. That's what I'm going to say, I think. All right. But it's still worth seeing. Um, and that Rotten Tomatoes was, real quick, it was probably in the 70s. I'm guessing it would, it, Skyfall was like 95, 84%. Okay. I mean, that's, that's all right. I can see that. The, the more I thought about the, though, it went from being like an eight to like a six and a half. The more I thought, about it, I was like, there's some plot holes and they really forced everything into this movie. Two hours and 43 minutes for a James Bond movie is nuts. That's just way too long. Way too long. Oh, and my Twitter got hacked. I should say that. Yeah. So this is real quick. This is a story. Uh, this is a story. Twelve sixteen a.m. It happened Saturday morning. I wake up and I'm on my phone, and um, I'm trying to log on to Twitter, and it automatically went to my Pat Country at Pat Country account. Follow that, uh, which was weird because I, you know, it, it usually goes to your primary until you switch off. Yeah. And then I was like, "What? What is that? What's happening?" And then I couldn't log in, and I was like, "Uh oh." I checked the email address associated with it, and then in the same minute, password was changed. The password was changed, and the um, email was changed. So I couldn't reset my password. Mm. So it was hacked or something happened. And the fact that it happened all the same minute means it was probably like an automated attack on it. And I thought, like, what, well, what was I on a weird site? Or then I was like, well, is, is this related to, to, to the Twitch, the big Twitch thing that happened a couple weeks ago? I don't know. So it took three days to get it back. I got it back. It was back and forth. Uh, I sent a support ticket, and it was like, Oh, this is not coming from the associated account email address. We can't help you. It's like, I don't have the associated account. It was, it was changed. Like, the, there should be, I did not have the, the two factor authentication on. That's my fault. I thought I did because I have on everything else. My bank accounts, obviously, stocks. They don't allow you to have, not have that anymore on that stuff. And I got it back, but there was no weird tweets. There was no like weird stuff. Or, so either, yeah, so there was no porn tweets. Yeah, which wouldn't go. Like, all right, whatever. So, so either it was an automated thing or Twitter locked it down because it changed the picture and name to like be nothing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe Twitter was aware and they locked it down. <clears throat> yeah, I have no idea. So I'm a verified account. That's a, that should count for something when it comes to this stuff. And when you and when you see someone logging in from the uh, fucking, I think they said it was logged in from Manhattan. It was probably like a, a VPN thing. It's like Twitter should have been like, oh, something's happening here. And maybe maybe they did. So I heard horror stories of locked accounts taking weeks to get back. It's bagel Mouse, the famous New York hacker. Bagel Mouse? Bagel Mouse. Is yeah. he a little mouse that likes bagels? <laughs> that's, that's, I just, just like made bagel? him up in my head right now. Bagel, bagel mouse. mouse. Yeah, he's a hacker well, in New York. What was the name of our, what was the name of our, our rodent, uh, Super Nintendo rodent uh, mascot that we uh, thought of one know, time? Spunky Rocky or something like that. It was a combination, <laughs> was a combination of, of Rocky of, Rodent of something, and yeah. something else. Rocky uh, Possum. <laughs> it was Rocky. It was Rocky. It was Rocky Possum, and someone yeah. drew him. 
Bagel, bagel mouse. Bagel mouse. Not danger mouse. No. Bagel mouse. Bagel mouse. <laughs> he attacks with bagels. Like Shang-Chi with the rings. He just sits on top of a bagel while he's... Speaking of hacks, I didn't bring this up. This was actually big, big news at the time. Uh, Lydia. My pal Lydia used to be a, a PunkEffect.com contributor. Squid Gaming, who now streams a lot out, out, of, out of the UK across the pond. She had her, her Instagram locked because her name is Squid Gaming. And her she's Squid, Squid Game on Instagram. And she got attacked by these fucking uh, loons who like the Netflix show, the Squid Game show, saying that was a it was she was impersonating the account. She shouldn't have the account, and it, it was a big thing on Reddit. And I totally missed it for the first for the first uh, few days. And I saw it. I was like, holy shit! I sh- we should have brought this up last week. But she got her Instagram back. Oh, good. So, yeah, that's weird. Like, can't you tell you idiots that like she had her account like yeah, look ten at years how, yeah, before? I was gonna say it should tell you somewhere like how long they've been a member. So, I mean, I'm sure there's like Squid Game Official or Squid Game TV show on Instagram. So, yeah, Lydia, Lydia is uh, great. She appeared in the uh, the Christmas episode back with uh, the the Rogues Gallery of, of, of Pat contributors. That makes it sound bad, but like uh, Matt, Pat, Game Chasers were in that video. Rue was in that video. You were in that video. Mm. That was like 2010, mm. 11. It's a long time ago. Videos. You like, you like being in my videos. Oh, boy. We do that. Yeah, I love it. You like Joe and Mac? Uh, not really. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I always thought I was gonna like Joe and Mac as a kid, and like the Nintendo one just fucking blows. I hate it. It's awful. The Nintendo one is like a broken, it's just down miserable port of the Super Nintendo version. It's very, very boring. It's stripped very down. Very boring. The NES one stinks. The Super Nintendo one, I think, is fun. It's fine. The Genesis one's uh, a little different. It's fine too. But no, I'm not like I'm not I'm not here for the Joe and Mac resurgence. I'm not. Well, there's no resurgence, but there is a remake getting made. Well, that's a resurgence. It's... We've had multi-carts with these boys on them. Yeah, but that's just Deity's property. Yeah, no, I know. So the original Joe and Mac was like a like a sort of like a showpiece for the Super Nintendo. It was so early on. The graphics were great. Obviously, it was based upon the arcade game Caveman Ninja, which I don't think I've, I've seen more than once ever in an arcade. I can't remember seeing a Caveman Ninja arcade back in the day, but I've seen them the past ten years. But anyway, yes, I have too. But I don't uh, remember seeing them back then. But it was really like, this is an arcade system to match the Genesis. Look at this game, Joe Mac. It looks like an arcade game. Right. And it's a fun action platformer. The dinosaurs, big graphics, their eyes bulge out and of the character. It's fun. It's fine. But it should be for, like forgotten. They had a couple of what, sequels, and that, like, that was fine. That's it. Yeah. That's your Joe Mac. You don't need more than three games back then. So they're doing a remake. <laughs> the remake's uh, being done by Mr. Nuts Studio. The, the, the name that's Mr. the Nuts? name, Mr. Nuts Studio. I don't know what that is, but that's who's and doing it. it. It's a, and it's a cartoony remake. I mean, I see the same characters. There's the uh, piranha plant sitting there. Um, I guess we'll see if there's interest in uh, That's the thing. If you're doing a remake, you have to love the property. Yeah. But to put all that time and effort and money into that, I just don't know if Joe and Mac is Look, the property to do that for. Looks like they recently did the Toki remake. So this appears to be their, their bread and butter. <laughs> Like the the, <laughs> lo- the mostly forgotten properties yeah. in the 60 bit era. A Toki remake? Yeah. I reviewed that game. Yeah, one was, of my few Genesis uh, reviews. Uh, NES or Genesis, because they're best. They're, they, they feel pretty Oh, different. shit. I forgot about the NES. Wait, wait. Which one did I do? I did NES. I forgot there was an NES game at first. Holy I shit. I believe the Genesis one is closer to the arcade and it's yes. much harder. I did the NES game. The NES one is more of its own platformer. I think I did the NES one. Yes, I did. Because that, that game you never find. It's very uncommon or rare. Yeah, more, I loved it, too. It was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed that one. Yeah, you, you, you're a monkey who spits out shit at people. Going ape spit. I did that in, like, 2015, that review. 
That's oh, well, I forget. It's really weird when I forget I've done videos or what I did. That's how that's how that's how it is as a content creator. Sad news, sad news. Uh, Namco's one of Namco's um, most well-known pixel artists uh, has passed away. Um, his name was uh, sorry Hiroshi Ono. Uh, Mister Dotman was his nickname, and uh, I honestly did not know much about him until he passed away. I feel kind of awful about that because as much as I love Namco, you would think I would have some information about who was behind some of these iconic designs. Um, but he was behind a lot of the um, pixel art designs in Namco games and also even helped work on things such as cabinet design for uh, Pac-Man and other games. Um, wow. I, and finding this out uh, after he passed away uh, was kind of bittersweet, but he um, was responsible, I guess, one of his favorite things that he worked on that he talked about even into, you know, his later years, he passed away at 64, um, was that uh, he really loved the work he did for Mappy on the little household items that oh. you uh, would collect. collect. And okay. one of them is he did like a dot art version of the Mona Lisa that's in that game. And okay. I guess that's one of his favorite things he did later on in life. He actually did a bunch of other dot art recreations of other famous paintings and he would like sell them in frames and stuff to people. Wow. Yeah. He so. worked on looks like he, he worked on the Galga alien designs. Yep. Like literally some of their I most mean, iconic this, things. Like without him, you don't you don't have a, a, like an art direction. It sounds like Zevius he worked on according to this article. Yeah. And, and a lot of that early Namco art is really cohesive yeah. and feels like it belongs together and it's not just pixel art like even even back then with those low resolutions they kind of had a a company style. Yeah, I mean, for a yeah. long time. Look, look at Mappy, and then look at the Dig Dug guy. Mm-hmm. It looks like they can be, you know, in the same cinematic universe. Right? No, I mean, the that's, Namco's, that's it. The Namco universe. Oh, the Namco universe. No, that's it's it's very interesting. So, if you haven't heard of him, if you're like me, um, yeah, go read about him, Hiroshi. Oh no, it's uh, it's a shame he passed away. Sixty four seems young. Uh, speaking of someone that unfortunately passed away too young, uh, Near, uh, who who worked um with preservation. And, and worked on the um, on the emulation scene. Um, uh, well, after after they passed, there, it was rumored or it, they were working on a, a big uh, scan project for Super Nintendo uh, materials, and, it's, and it looks like they were, it was located all these six hundred DPI scans of box cart and PCB scans. Yeah, six hundred DPI. That's like you can blow that up and make a fucking poster, put it on your wall. Like that's. That's like insane, 600 DPI. Um, this comes from uh, Retro RGB. Uh, someone in Firebrand X has just stumbled upon an old hard drive of theirs containing 70 gigabytes, 70 gigs of high scans. quality scan, 70 gigs, like lossless. Just like, remember the scan? When you said have a scanner, you can do like, oh, just do it without any compression. Yeah, and it'll just spit out no compression. Oh, that's what it sounds like. Right, that's nuts. So, and they said it looks like lower quality versions of the archive have been floating around, but none at full 600 DPI. Now, I don't know what you can use these for. I mean, I guess you do the best repro boxes ever, but just to have the materials is great. Yeah, just preserved. just to have them, to know they're there, it's a huge undertaking, and finding someone else, you know, who could do it and would dedicate the time to it wouldn't be easy. Um, but it's nice to have these as, you know, accurate as possible. Yeah, it's probably not the entire library, but just probably a chunk of it, you know, that you can have the, no, the best quality. Uh, SNES Central. Um, 
great website. Uh, they posted uh, an archive of Nier's high resolution scans have been found by FBX Gargoyle and will be available for download. I expect it will be missing some of the box scans that I was missing, but this is a great okay. day for preservation. Well, you get closer. I, it's close. Yeah. That's fantastic news yeah. there. And that's something that, you know, with as much done as as, as is, maybe someone will look at it and be like, pieces? that's not such an undertaking now and, you know, can finish it off. Sure. Uh, Xbox fridges are being scalped. You, you weren't aware that they were actually selling these, mass producing them, but yeah, they were. Originally, it was a joke a year ago. I, I then, literally thought it was just like going to be like a contest prize, like win one. I didn't realize no. that this, there was a demand big enough for people to actually go out and not only buy these, but want them in supply enough to scalp them. Well, all the or, bots. Or is this one of the They're, things it's where bots. It's, it's bots, right? It, it's it, bots. No one's actually it, buying scalped well, refrigerators. They're buying the pre-orders. Here's the thing. You don't yeah. want a bunch of fucking mini fridges laying around. But then again, you've, we've seen the pyramid stacks of PS5. So um, $99.99. I've been out of the mini fridge market for, since college. So I, I'm not sure what, what mini fridges go for. But that sounds about reasonable. You don't have one in your bathroom? My bathroom? Is that a thing? Oh, what's better than... No, it's not a thing. I, I was going to try to act like it's a thing, but no, I can't. No, no. If someone has a fridge in their bathroom, uh, they're so, a fucking serial killer. So, yes. So, this looks like an uh, an Xbox. It's got the little, uh, like... Uh, the Xbox Series X. Yeah. You got to you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta specify. You gotta specify. It has the little, like... Uh, like air vents, things on the top. There's the, it's green on the inside. I, I think it, I think it glows, but I don't know. Yeah, and it looks like it has a light. But for for the cost, when I say only hundred bucks, I mean that's what mini fridges cost. This only sells holds twelve cans of drink. Like I say drink. It's very tiny. This is smaller than probably the one you'd have in your college dorm room. It's probably smaller. But if you like the Xbox, I can picture putting it in your game room because it, it matches. Surprised yeah. they didn't go all the way and just get that do license. Be like store twelve cans. Do do the do do the do. Has that been on the downtrend the past year? Has there been a replacement? Doing the trend? do is doing the do falling out of favor. Like, well, I don't know, like cocaine fell out of favor at the end of the eighties. Doing it? the do is falling out of favor. Well, isn't there? Isn't there like what this? What are the streamers drinking? Get sponsored by all the time. Uh, G Fuel. Yes. Is that has that taken over? Are they taking Mountain Dew market? Maybe. Wow, you know that. Uh, well, I think I think in a lot of ways, like the the uh, the crazy uh, energy drink market has has um, imploded. Has, no, has taken over oh, okay. the 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 pop market. So Mountain Dew is seen as like a, a lesser drug now. A lesser drug. It's, like, it's a gateway. It's it's, it's, it's like a it's gateway. Smoking a joint of swag weed. Um. Uh. Uh. Hold on. G Fuel. What was I going to say? Oh yes. Had the Sonic the Hedgehog G Fuel. Oh, God. Uh, it was Peach Rings flavor. Uh, peach drinks? Peach, peach Rings. Peach Rings flavor. Who's that? Peach Rings. Peaches. Oh, Peach Rings. Okay. Peach Rings. Like that edible I gave you that's probably still sitting over there three years later. Um, no, it's, it's, it's in my living room now. Oh, okay. It's in my living room now. Just in case. It's fine. Break in case of emergency. THA keeps. THC keeps. Uh, 300 milligrams of caffeine. I, my old man body is just like, that hits like a fucking slug to the what, chest. What's, what's in a can of coke a can of coke is like not even 40 so this is like six to seven times pat math the yeah. amount and one g fuel a red bull is uh, like an eight ounce red bull is 80 milligrams of caffeine so it's like four red bulls what the fuck people we, and kids i mean kids drink these things those people who walk around drinking bangs and rains and like g fuels out of the can that's what they're drinking it's all three, 300 milligrams you know is the, the new threshold for caffeine for the modern for the modern american you know what that does to you long term I can tell you what it does to me short term. It makes me feel like I'm going to fucking die. That's what it does. That's nuts. Uh, it's a drug. It's yeah. a drug. Yeah. It's the most widely used drug in the world is caffeine. Yeah. Well, it feels like real um, drugs. <laughs> it's gross. I'm not saying to go regulate caffeine, but holy shit. They tried it with Jolt Cola back in the day. 
And Jolt Cola is pretty low, uh, like on caffeine compared to like the modern stuff. It's funny. Kid, kids shouldn't be running around drinking all this. Ca- I feel like an old man, but I, they shouldn't be drinking all this caffeine. That's you, you can't focus attention span. John and I used to both holy be huge shit. caffeine junkies, and like on on extra napkins, we've it, had many moments where we've lamented, like we can't do this anymore. Like what what is what is with the genetics of today's modern youth that they're just slamming. Th- like twelve hundred, well, nine hundred well, milligrams of caffeine a day. If they, they build up an immunity, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's I an know. immunity. I know they're fucking. We they're got, addicted. We have super soldiers roaming the streets, just jacked up on so much God, caffeine. caffeine combined with social media and like holy shit, the attention spans are shot at that point. They can take a full clip before they fucking notice they're <laughs> bleeding out, <laughs> like angel dust. <laughs> yeah, PCP. <laughs> I've seen those those fucking reports oh. and videos. Wow. Okay. Oh, you ever get wet, Pat? You ever smoke that PCP? <laughs> I, I knew you were going there, I, but I wanted to be sure when you said wet. No, I've never smoked PCP. Never done that? No. You, you never had an addiction to, to something like that before? Uh, no. Well, I'm addicted to UltimateNintendo.com. Fuck yeah. I sure am, because there you can get uh, addicting RBI baseball stickers, addicting certain guidebooks, not for resale, Blu-ray, uh, DVDs, video game years, volumes four and five. Complete your set right there. Complete it. And of course, enamel pins with Ian's cute, cute mug on there. Both our mugs are on there. So check check that out. I'm a, I'll be at Cameo Wednesday. Cameo, not Cameo. I have Cameo.com slash Pat Conjure. I'm, I'll be on Twitch. But now you can hang out in Cameo. That's what it I'm on Twitch with 80s and 90s commercials. Twitch.tv slash Conjure Code. Ian will stop in around March again. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> When you say cameo, I think strawberry cheesecake because there was a restaurant in Buffalo named Cameos, and I had strawberry cheesecake there once. And I'll be at Retrobalooza in Dallas Fort Worth area this weekend, October twenty third, twenty fourth. What? Yeah, Dallas Fort Worth. You'll get there eventually. Maybe. Uh, you want to talk about EA potentially losing its FIFA license? That's 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 uh, that's big big news. Big big news. It really is dead inside. Um, so it is big big news. Uh, that is it, Ian. News that FIFA may be losing the EA may be losing the FIFA license. FIFA may be losing the FIFA license. That's how it feels, though, because it's been associated with the game for so long. 25 years. Um, More. Yeah. So uh, this is a case of this is not FIFA uh, feeling magnanimous uh, or, or big hearted here. Um, FIFA wants more money. FIFA wants to sell the license to to more people. Sure. Um, that That's what's happening here. And basically, I guess that there there talks for the 2022. Basically, after after the World Cup in 2022, it's done. Um, that's when EA, EA has to renegotiate. So they're actually in those negotiations now. They're trying to wrap them up by the end of 2021. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. They've snagged. They've uh, stalled at the usual like one billion or so that FIFA in gets. between. Yeah. So FIFA wants like twice that from EA to remain exclusive or they want to go elsewhere. So FIFA's definitely greedy in this as well. Uh are they though? We'll talk about why they one of the things I saw about why they were asking for more money. Well, what w- what is that? Because all these microtransactions. Oh, sure. Shit. I, I mean, I, I get uh, it. I I'm just saying you know no like... one I'm just saying no one is acting in like a a, a a a genuine way here. Yes, I think they don't want 
they want to clamp down. I'm getting to that part. They want to kind of clamp down on what EA is doing outside of the game because EA has taken this license and, and spun it off into, into, into a billion and one ways and they're not that getting they, money can from make, they can get money from it. Yeah. So like, so if, if, you're, if they're paying for the FIFA license, EA is making all that money off of Ultimate Team and it's not... FIFA looks at that and goes, I, I want that. Yeah, I want a piece of that because this isn't the same as you doing a game 10 years ago with our license. Right. A lot's changed. And so now... We'll make more money doing, I don't know, FIFA fucking app games and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, for it to be locked under EA long term doesn't do FIFA any good. Right. And if they and if they uh, sell that license elsewhere, they can have different companies do yes. the app games. They don't have yeah. to. They can lower their bill, et cetera, by, you know, getting different development teams. They don't have to pay. I, they, they're not going to be paying other... I don't think they're going to be expecting other teams to pay as much as FIFA. No, does. no, no. Or as, uh, they, EA does. Let's splice it up 50 different ways. Yes, exactly. So it's actually smart for, for uh, I think, FIFA to do that. And EA, in terms of EA, they're probably like, well, we got the stranglehold already. We have the biggest soccer game. We have the ultimate. We don't need to pay what you want us to pay. They probably, they probably count numbers as like, we're not going to pay any more than what we have. People are going to come to us. Oh, we're... we're we're just going to call it, you know, EA EA football, you know, 2022 or whatever. Uh, I believe they've actually, uh, I think they, it says in this article they registered uh, a, like a generic domain name for sure. the potential. I can't, I can't so, answer a New York Times article. I guess they're going to, so it looks like they're going to lose it. It's not just that it will become, you know, available to everyone. It looks like they're going to lose the license. FIFA's playing hardball. Which means that so this game would probably turn into something like Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, prevalent in, in terms of the licensing. In terms of licensing, sure. Uh, you know, you get it, it, it would be like the college basketball games uh, without the NCAA. Sure, uh, you get get the players, teams. You get facsimiles of them, but you don't get actual names and stuff like that. Oh, they can't. They're not going to do the names separately. No, Pro, you. you Pro Evolution Soccer doesn't have the names of the players for certain teams. No, for certain teams they don't. So there are certain leagues, like I believe the J league and the Korean league and the, uh, the Mexican leagues okay. that they have the names for that. Cause you can go out and you can license those Directly. separately. Gotcha. But the big FIFA license was the one they were missing. So a lot of the popular stuff like your Manchester United and stuff like that, that's not going to be uh, available in the game. It, you're just going to get a generic Manchester team with stats that represent it. Basically. Wow. Though that can be, upsetting to people and if that's the case would that would that cut into the ultimate team stuff then if they can't use some of the names oh it would guys? absolutely cut into the ultimate okay team. so, so is, yeah they could lose their i mean they, they could lose their biggest cash cow right wow here. i'm surprised then that ea would risk that even for a billion dollars i don't they'll, they'll, they'll make say, that money if what back. they want is two billion i don't know what the intake is for them but that's, not it, two, that's not two billion a year though that's for a certain number of years so i mean or is it two I a feel, year I don't know. That's, that's too much for one year. That's got to be multiple years. I think from what I heard, it's like it's like a four-year deal. Yeah. Uh, billion over four years. Okay. So. They want one billion over four years. So it was half a billion now. Oh, okay. I feel, like, I feel like EA would be dumb not to do it with all the money because they make now, off this Because now here's the risk. FIFA's got more money than EA does, uh, I would think. Um, they could maybe go on their own and do. Okay. Do, yeah. Like, I don't feel bad for FIFA. Uh Electronic Arts is bread and butters. FIFA, uh, the oh, the Madden and FIFA publisher, oh, generated 1.62 billion in revenue. I knew we had covered this somewhere from Ultimate Team offerings in fiscal year 2021. Just one year. So even if it, even year. if that was 50, 50, 
FIFA Madden, and you know FIFA is bringing in more on the Ultimate Team because it's a worldwide phenomena. Um, yeah, that's dumb. But that's and, just, that's, and that's, that's just, just the, one year. That's, that's just, just the add-on ulti- shit. And that's just that's, the Ultimate Team. That's not the game itself. Yeah. So, like, this is a ton of money. So, so I'm not saying there's going to be a direct competitor to whatever EA names or uh, football slash soccer games, but FIFA's got enough money to look into this if they really want to be like, all right, let's partner with someone. Let's give this a go. Let's make this a whole, you know, 2K thing versus the Madden games back 20 years ago. <sighs> yeah. They can make it a go. Sure. Uh, but it might take a little bit. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. It was only $500 million. I think EA's dumb enough for doing that. But FIFA's like, we'll make $500 million on two apps or on an app. We'll do that. Yeah. I'm surprised there's a, you know, like a FIFA app for something like that with the, with the card packs or what have you, with microtransactions. They'll make this money easily. So there you go, Ian. You like talking about big corporations battling each other for, for money. It's one of your favorite things to talk about. You love capitalism. I love it. It's the greatest. You want to talk about this uh, Kotaku uh, no. Sam's article? No, no, Patrick, I don't want to talk about Kotaku or Metroid. I don't. What I'm... happened, Kotaku? What uh, happened to you? I just feel like... I, I... I, I have nothing to say. I there's there's been minor controversy with Metroid Dread, for whatever reason. Like there was a there was a, a big game uh, developer saying it wasn't designed correctly. He got a lot of uh, blowback for that, saying, "Well, you didn't play the game correctly or follow the cues and all that." Why is it? Why is Metroid this sort of weird? I don't know, like flashpoint for these conversations. I think part of uh, it is just because we haven't seen a new one in so long, so everyone's got their eyes on it, and they're probably being overcritical. But all I know, and like I've said before, is um, Vani can get frustrated with video games. This is a hard game. Vani's been enjoying her time with it, uh, and she's not frustrated. And I just I, I look at that as kind of like a barometer. Like I don't think it's it's hard, but I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Sure. You know, and I, I probably I mean, wouldn't be very good at it, but I, I just, I'm watching Metro it. games are never easy. No. And it, so. I, my big thing is, I think it's a different type of difficult than they were expecting. I mentioned this a little bit last week. A lot of it has to do with the Emmy zones and being chased by robots and having to pathfind your way through areas without uh-huh. getting caught. So it's a different type of tension. It's a different type of difficulty. It's a different type of stress that maybe some people just don't like that style of gameplay. But I don't think it actually boils down to being too difficult. It's, I don't like this type of difficulty. I don't like this type of gameplay. Sure. But no, I don't want to talk about Kotaku. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ian, you want to talk about Nintendo Switch Online? I do and, want and, to talk and, about Nintendo Switch Online. And new expansion pass uh, details and pricing. I do, uh, because it's a load of horse shit. It's a load of horse shit. How do you really feel, Ian? Uh, like it's a load. A load of poops. So um, I was wildly off. Uh, just going to you know, come, come clean right here, admit that. Uh, never afraid to hide from being wrong. Um, I was real wrong on my estimate of what this was going to bump up to. I thought this was going so to was go that. to thirty four ninety nine for the 30. year, and I thought thirty four ninety nine for the. Uh, no, I'm sorry, forty four ninety nine for the year uh, family plan, and I thought it was going to be like twenty five or thirty for so. um, the single player or the single user accounts. Uh, no, 
it's going to be forty nine ninety nine per year for for one for one person. Okay, and seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, per year for the family plan. That is an increase of $30 on the standard plan, the single user plan, and an increase of $35, Uh, uh, $45 for the uh, family plan. And what do you get? Well, you get the same not great online service that Nintendo has been pushing for years. Uh, Love Nintendo, love the Switch, but let's call a spade a spade. their online the the actual network is not particularly great. Uh, it really depends on games. It, it, it's it's not good for Smash. It's fine for Mario Kart. It's fine for um, you know, it seems fine for like Splatoon and stuff like that. Uh, but it doesn't seem fine for like their online uh, like the NES and Super Nintendo games. Sure. And obviously, one of the big things people are going to want to do with their expansion pass is play some of those N sixty four games like Mario Kart sixty four and stuff like that online. Oh sure. Uh, unless they've got like you know some sort of uh, matchmaking server thing they're gonna set up and mm-hmm. shove out the door, you know, at some point, I I don't see that being worth it. It's and I'm I it it just seems kind of silly. Uh, now, so you're getting the library of N64 games and Sega Genesis games we talked about, yes. Um, and to start, that's going to be like we'll just say you know thirty to forty games you get out the door, yep. and there'll be more added, so you get that. Well, okay, here's the thing. There'll be more added. Let's look at what Nintendo's done with the NES and the Super Nintendo stuff in the past. Um, it, it gets usually one or two more big additions, and then you get a lot of smaller stuff. Smaller stuff that I personally enjoy, but not stuff that ever gets anyone else excited. Excited. So, sure. I, you know, it's if you go based on what they've shown in the past, I'm sorry, there's not a whole lot of reason to get your hopes up about their further support for these. I mean, I know there's games that they said they showed as coming out in the future that are not out yet that we'll probably get, but I don't think it's going to be an incredibly deep dive into the N64 library. We don't that know. Remains I mean, to be seen. They have they have they have a decent amount of first party stuff. They have Wave Race. You know, they got 1080. They said it remains to be the original, seen. The original Super Smash. But you, you know, know, their their past efforts have not been overwhelming. They have enough first-party stuff, but again, it goes back to the library. There, it's not like the other consoles that have dozens of these sort of games that are right. familiar to all. It's a meme now, but so yeah, there's like 20 games everyone knows about in the N64 at most. You know, so that's about it. To you run out, kind of wrap up my take on it. There's a couple other wrap things. up. We're well, just starting. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> wrap up my initial salvo so that you okay. can get some words in <laughs> your preamble. Um, yeah, my preamble. Um, it does include the $25 expansion for Animal Crossing. Happy uh, Home Paradise. We have not really talked about the Animal Crossing update. There's a bunch of stuff coming for free that looks great. That also I feel like should have been in from the start. I don't know that I'm going to go back to it. Maybe. Um, I'm happy that everyone enjoys it, but this entry kind of left me feeling flat, to be honest. Um, the Happy Home Paradise stuff... Um, for instance, Vani really loved Happy Home Designer. That is probably going to be its own full-feeling expansion game type, okay. where uh, the original Happy Home Designer was a DS game, 3DS game, where you made uh, you designed houses for the guests, uh, for like the uh, villagers, but you had more control over it. So it's fun if you're into the design aspect. Going back, so they include that DLC. If you don't play. Animal Crossing, or if you're not going to go back to it, that's not a huge uh, sell. However, 
if they start including stuff with the service at a regular interval, then maybe DLC or games or something, like how uh, Sony gives away games every month, Microsoft gives mm-hmm. away games every month, and they're usually good games. If Nintendo started doing something like that, and I don't think they would, not with their first-party titles, then I could see this being worth a little bit more. And the only other thing I can say is that this now puts them on par with Sony and... Yeah, those are 60 bucks, right? Xbox Gold Microsoft. is 60 Yeah, you could oftentimes get it for 50 if you wait and get it on sale. I think it's 50 I don't think they have as reasonable of a family but, plan, but I could be wrong. So when you compare it to everything else, they're on par. But for a long time, uh, that was a big thing in people's pockets when it came to Nintendo, is that N- Nintendo's so online cheap. service was so cheap and so much more affordable. That's why I always say it's only 20 bucks a year compared to everything else. And I have yeah. a feeling that they're going to phase out the old membership plan at some point. You think so? I do. I'm not sure about that, but we'll see. It's an interesting calculus on this because the fact that they're throwing in this happy home paradise at no additional cost, we don't know what the cost would be yet. Yeah, we Maybe. do. Twenty four ninety nine. We do. Okay. Yeah, so that's it's a twenty okay, it's a twenty five dollar expansion. Okay, I didn't see that. Sorry. So if you have planned to get this for you, it's only twenty five bucks. It's only an extra five bucks a year versus what you're paying right now. And you're getting all the other goodies that you didn't have before. Like I said, it's a one-time I, thing. It's it's not that sure. impressive. If but we if don't they know. Do this going yeah. forward, then all of a sudden, then I, my my attitude might change. There. But Nintendo is Nintendo is asking me to be to to, to have faith to have faith when yeah. I, I I don't have a I, reason to be faithful. I'm or, not, uh, I don't have a reason to have that faith yet. I'm not an Animal Crossing person, but if I was, this is a no-brainer to get that because of that because it's only sure. twenty. It's only. It, there's not that much change, difference in change to, to upgrade at that point. If I was planning on getting the, the expansion, right? You buy the expansion uh, for yeah. an extra five bucks. You get you all know, the, yeah. doing the math. You get all the N sixty four. And obviously, stuff. they did the math. Nintendo, sure, because there's over was it thirty five, thirty six million people that have Animal Crossing. The question is, it's a lot of people. How many of them have they pissed off? Because they've pissed off a lot of them. I mean, that prior game, to this, yeah, because that game laid they. They really trickled out the updates and like okay. held back. Uh, and that's my problem with the game. The game feels like a skeleton compared to what it, it used to be. They really leaned on the crafting, kind of filling in all these other gaps. There's, that there's less it, events and things. Yeah, it, it feels less like a lived-in well, world. But but, um, you, but you don't pay a subscription fee to play it, right? You know, it's, it's it's not a it's games as a service is yes. not something Nintendo's used to doing. Well, yeah, but the previous Animal Crossings haven't been games as service. That's the thing; well, it's all been in there. Well, Nintendo wants to get a piece of it. I guess. That's it's, what they're trying. It's all to do. been in there. That's what they're trying. So to I think they're. Com- I think what they're hoping is that people come back for this 2.0 update, get back into it, and say, "Hey, I want this DLC as well." Yeah, if this if if they did this with regular game intervals, like okay, you're gonna get say say if you didn't buy the Breath of the Wild, you know, DLC would give it to you. Well, you know, something for, like that. Or, so, for instance, uh, if they release the new Zelda and they say, hey, if you're a member of our Expansion Pass program, you'll get these DLCs yeah. on release date for yeah. free. Something like that. Like Then then it's suddenly... There's value added. Yes. Because, obviously, I, I thought... Well, I didn't... When I said it was going to be like 30 bucks, 5, 10 bucks, I, I didn't assume they were going to throw in, you know, a AAA title, the most you know, popular game on the system was going to, uh, they were going to give you, um, you know, the expansion on that expansion DLC. So that aside, when you take out that value, it's still about only five bucks more. I'm not making excuses, but this isn't, this is bad. This is bad marketing because when you look at it like this, 
you don't know what else is coming. This there's they, they this can't be well, it. That's on them though. Yeah, that's on yeah, it's on like Nintendo. I said, this can't they be have it. said this is not all that's coming before and have let people down yeah. wildly. So I just yeah. I'm not there's, interested. There's gotta be more than this. Get there's, a hold of me in six months. There's gotta be another free game or hell, fucking bring back uh fucking Super Mario ninety nine. Thirty five. But yeah. Oh, Thirty five. Yeah, I confuse it with the shitty Pac Man one. Um bring back Super Mario thirty five. If you, if you did that alone, and I know it would be shitty, I think people would be like, okay, we get it. You need money to keep it. Keep it. Like, I, Look, we it's get a it. business. If that's, yeah. if that's, I, I, uh, I would feel less bad about that. Yes. I'm still pissed about that Super Mario. I had fun playing that game. A lot of fun. I would have paid, I would have paid 10, 20 bucks just to have the game. Yeah. All, always there, available. Because as of now, I think a lot of people are going to get this. They're going to get those games. They're going to play them for fucking 15 minutes. They're never going to touch them again. And then that's that. I... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm shocked. I mean, obviously, with the family thing, if you divide it up between people of me and Ian, if I get it out together, then it's like whatever. Then it's not, you know, then it's like whatever. 15 bucks a year. is still a good deal. It's, but it's just, it's an, ex- it's you got to find people. It's a big fucking increase in price. I would, I would never. Well, it's only 50, tell it 10 bucks each. Then if you get, it was eight people. I would never oh, expect eighty-five dollars. I would not expect the value of Nintendo and the value. Well, you didn't think they were going to reach Sony and Microsoft costs. No, but it was always a possibility. Oh, Nintendo! We we are critical of Nintendo. See, we're not always, you know, licking them up, slobbing on them, are we? No. Um, by the way, there's like twenty-five games on launch between the Genesis and Super. Uh, excuse me, N64. It's about. Uh, like 14 Genesis, about 9 or 10 and 64 on launch. But that's a big increase for that alone. Someone like me, I think you have the Animal Crossing folks and you have me who never doesn't play it. For me, there, I, I would not upgrade to this. I, I'm not going to because I, I don't have interest in it, in Animal Crossing. So it's almost like you almost wanted a third tier. I hate to say you almost wanted like, here's the tier was just the games, and then here's a tier to get to get the DLC for a game you may or may not own. But obviously, most over like half the people or half the people have the game. Who have this? What is? Well, actually, less than half because now this what switches up to like ninety million or so, ninety five million. Is it really Jesus? I don't. You can't keep track anymore. It's going to bust through. We by the by this holiday. Uh, I mean, with the PlayStation Five just broke a thirty three month thirty three month long streak of the Switch being the best selling console. And that's that's insane. Uh, yeah, eighty nine million, and that was of um, the last financial. So that's we're into the nineties, probably. Yeah. Oh, that was in August, eighty nine million. So we're in the nineties, yeah, for sure. So we're gonna we're gonna bust. We're gonna beat the Wii. We Nintendo's gonna beat the Wii after the holiday season. So, yeah. All right. Well, th- there you go. I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know. Nintendo usually doesn't back down. When they announce something, they're not going to be like, "Oh, sorry, we charge too much." Or they'll they'll announce more things, though. I think they'll they will they will have to. It's going to be a probably a regular part going forward of their directs, saying, "Oh, here's what we're offering for this tier." You know, here's what's coming out. And, yeah, I think they really needed you know, to highlight that better in their initial run. But again, I, at this point, I don't. Even if they said that, I, I think there's a lot of people like me who are they need to wait and see some evidence before they sure. Oh yeah, I, I I think you'd be foolish to sign up right away for something yeah. like unless you really want those Genesis and N sixty four games. But for thirty bucks, that's that's a little bit much, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, there's other ways. There's lots of other ways to play those old games. Absolutely, yes. 
Ian, Analog, who have who have made several FPGA consoles going back to the NES era with, with the NT Mini, the Super NT, the Mega SG. Uh, they announced the Duo, the upcoming Pocket, which I think is still set for December at this point. Yeah, to launch the first batch. But there was an announcement out of nowhere for the Analog OS or the Analog Operating System to be attached to the Pocket. Uh, some people were confused on, on Twitter uh, when they announced it on Twitter. Um, I was on a couple of points, which I'll get into on the marketing, but it was surprising to me to see to see this because this is almost like an evolution of their product line. Because before, you know, all their consoles is like, oh, you turn them on and you play them like the traditional consoles. You pop in a cart, you play them. Uh, adding an, an OS to a product, you're now bridging the gap between original hardware and you know emulation features which well, is interesting there's always been an os on their systems you can fire up the oh uh, sure you can fire up the analog mega sg which i have uh, yes, you can right. do you can do all that stuff but this is this is more integrated this is game related this is more integrated yeah. more game related sure um and it, it and it does it it's in it it makes the pocket closer to what i saw the pocket as being when it was announced and I got excited for. So when the pocket was announced, obviously it does GBA, um, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, with adapters. It'll do Lynx, Game Gear, uh, and Neo Geo Pocket Color. And, and Turbo Express. And Turbo Express. Um, it also was highly touted as having a second FPGA in the unit. So people could add cores to it to, um, you know, potentially do other... make it the microvision <laughs> the microvision right. or whatever analog is always very upfront like this is not for emulation etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's always crackable with the barest of effort mm-hmm. and i mean that's literally where the sun's up going what what is the point of having a second fpga in in the system for sure. people are going to develop cores for it to do things um so i always started to kind of look at it as kind of like a portable all-in-one uh, because if you could put other cores on there, even if it would be kind of a pain to swap cores out, you now have something with the dock that you can drop and play just about anything you want on, on a TV. On a TV, yeah. Um, so basically, this now becomes uh, a commercial Mister, is what it becomes. Mister is all FPGA cores uh, connects to the TV, and I think that's really where they're taking their cues from here. And I think that's where it's a little weird is that you now you have the hobbyists versus the 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 the, the business minded entities here. Um, but this is obviously using you know real physical media versus the ROMs of you know Mister folks. It's still just pulling a ROM off of a cartridge. I mean, it, that's not what this is doing though. That's in terms of that's what this is doing right now. I'm saying that the end goal of this is that it's going to be used with ROMs just like a Mister. I mean, it, it could be sure, but what I'm saying it's, is it, that's yeah, that's the wink, wink, nudge, nudge here. Oh, you think so? Okay, I'll, yes. I was going to read the, what the, the marketing thing was. Okay, booting soon the pocket. Analog OS is the start of something big. At its heart, Analog OS is per- is purpose built for exploring and celebrating all of video game history, designed to be the definitive scholarly operating system for playing and experiencing the entire scholarly. Medium. Uh, with with analog OS, you can explore, discover, and play through all all of video game history. Save your game state at any moment with cartridges, and that's new and has not been done before. No, uh, create and share playlists, track your gameplay, and even develop your own FPH course to help preserve video game history too. It's all for the love of video games with the respect it deserves, and that is one of the big things that is being done with it. Um, supposedly, save states with 
cartridges yes. using FPGA. If you that's big. I I, I looked into um. I looked into what Mister is capable of doing on that end, and I believe the NES core is now able to do it. And there's like one, oh, the GBA core was well known for being able to do it, but it's not something that is universal across all cores. So if that is what, if that, if this is going to set a benchmark for that, that across all cores you're going to be able to save uh, states, then that's a bigger deal. And again, this is doing it with the carts. This isn't going to be like a Retron Five and pull the ROM out first. You're playing it directly, so it, it's it's a little bit different here. It is. Okay. You're not using ROMs in terms of like just pulling them. Well, I guess you can say, well, you're playing the ROMs, but... Uh, you're using a ROM. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, still but, the but, same file. But you're not pulling it to do emulation functions like a Retron 5. It's a little bit... Okay, I find that. that to be a minor... Okay. I feel like that's a fairly that's, minor thing. It hasn't been done before. No, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying it has. I'm saying what you're focusing on isn't... I don't okay. think that's the big deal. You're looking at the end result versus like what it took to get there. I, I see. But okay. Um, so yeah, the second dedicated FPGA just for developers to develop and port on their own cores. And then you can able to interface with analog OS library memories and tools and, and, and to pocket hardware IOs and scalers. We think developers are going to do some amazing things. Maybe. I mean, like now we're in this, this sort of realm with stuff like the play or you're encouraging developers to, you know, tinker around yes. with, with a handheld. So that's good. Um, and then there's going to be stuff like features that you see in like emulator front ends where you'll see like the game information displayed and things like that. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in having a nice front end, especially if it gives a little bit of information screenshots you can capture. Yep. You can capture screenshots, uh, tools to track your gameplay. You can keep track of how long you've been playing games for. I mean, honestly, it's interesting. That, but that to me is the, that's the, that's where I feel like, I'm going to have the most fun with it. If I really wanted all of the other stuff, I would probably look into Mr. However, I do like the idea that it's going to be able to something so silly as being able to track the time I've played a, a game for that. I'm actually interested in. I hate it when modern systems don't keep track of how long I've played a game for. It drives me absolutely oh, Some nuts. don't do that. A P- PlayStation four, for instance, doesn't keep track oh. of how long, unless the a game itself oh. has an internal clock. And the one thing I was confused about, the one big thing I was confused about was the playlist feature. Um, because this isn't like sharing, like you know, you sharing like an you know a, like a MP3 playlist with someone and they can just get, download the games. If this is in theory, you're using the real software, the real physical media playlists and transfer them person to person doesn't really mean anything anymore unless it got jailbroken. And you had ROMs, then it would make sense. But on its surface, the playlist thing to me, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to. I'm struggling in my head. Unless you want to just share, hey, Ian, this is what I'm playing right now. But like that's. Usually with playlists, when you share them in the past, like they're, they're, they're usable, if that makes sense. And this is the only thing to me that works. It's, it's probably like a nice extra. I think it's, okay, we can add on playlists and what you're playing and transfer them to people and share. You know, I don't, what, do you have any thoughts on that and the playlist function? I, I mean, that to me just seems like more fluff, and some people get really into it and will find something to do with it. Other people um, yeah, will not. Because if you're using, say, say, say you have a playlist of, uh, of you know, Game Boy games you like. Well, you still got to pop it out, put the next one in to play it on the playlist, right? So, right. Like, like I said, Pat, a lot of this is very yeah, much a wink and a nudge. That, but that's more than a wink, if, the, if it's because like the playlist becomes useless unless you have ROMs, like like so, a, a ROMs on your system. I, I I I am excited to look at it and get into it and see what it offers when I get my pocket. Um, we'll see. Here's the thing: this was already sold out pre-orders of pocket. Like this is this sold this is selling like hotcakes regardless. So like you said, this this is like maybe if it's a shot across the uh, you know the ballot at the at the Mister folks, you know 
you you now have all these extra features that you weren't expecting this to, to be on your pocket. You know, so right. so now you have it. It's so now with the dock, you know, for three hundred. And, and again, I don't know enough about it. Don't come at me. But you have you are we are now approaching something similar to the Mister. But you can pick it up and take it with you, and it uses physical cartridges for at least some of it. And, and you don't have to, you know, be a tech head in order to get it going. You know, this is like out of the box functionality, which we always say, like when people say, like, oh, you can get a RetroPie for this or that, or Mister does that. It's like the general public doesn't want to bother a lot of times with that. They don't have the time to get into it. Uh, knowing all this stuff, just give me like a simple solution that's you know prepackaged and ready to go. Well, I think you if know. you really want to get Mister Type capabilities out of this thing, if that's where it's going, that's still going to require. I uh, mean, like loading on cores and yes, things like that. That's still obviously going to take some work. But jailbreaking and putting on ROMs won't be. Most people can handle that aspect at least. Yes, I mean like building your own Mister and sourcing it and doing all that stuff and loading the cores and. Once it starts going over my head, you're in trouble. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't want to deal with it. Well, I probably, well, I could figure it out. I don't want to put the time in to figure it out. So this is interesting to me because now that you have this operating system that is like fully engaged, this isn't just, you know, load up a game or, you know, simple features like this or, you know, adding scale lines, what have you. Um, they have future products on the way. They have the Duo coming out. This, this, this supports TurboGrafx games, this OS. We know that already. You know, so could the, could that appear on the Duo in the future? Could this also appear? Could they do an, uh, a firmware update and, and use this on the past consoles as an option? Like, this is interesting. I wonder how much of its functionality is going to be tied to the second FPGA. And if they wanted to put the OS on the previous ones, they would have to print new ones. Basically do a, a Mega SG2 or a... Versus just a firmware upgrade? Right. That'll be interesting. I wonder how much but, having two... FPGA is useful is for, useful for is, is or allowing this whereas one maybe wouldn't or maybe you just do an alternate do a cut down version because like to me it'd be like weird to have the ability to have like the turbo graphics library which because this can play it PC engine and now your duo comes out maybe next year sometime and now it doesn't have that so it's, you already have the capability to, you know so I I think that's probably unknown obviously analog communicates things as they do on their own terms. So we'll see. But I I would be shocked if they put all the R&D into this just for the pocket. No, just for the pocket. It's absolutely not just for the pocket. I don't think that's, you know, I, yeah, I don't think anyone thinks it would just be for the pocket. I think we'll see it. Even if, like you said, they, God, they strip it down to a lighter version yeah. of it for specific systems. Sure. You're going to see this OS and front end on other stuff. Because the, the save states alone is a game changer to me. It's a game changer to you to use you know the original carts FPGA you know you're real time playing it you're not pulling for, you know you're not you're not stripping the ROM out like with the Retron Five and using an emulator. What I'm trying That's to get thing. here is the bigger deal is that it's save states on an FPGA, not the fact that it's using the cart. But but what I'm saying okay, we're splicing here, but this is big. That's big to me. That's that's going to appeal to a lot of people with these products. I think sure you know so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get a pocket <laughs> whenever the second batch becomes available, you know, for, for, for pre-order next year, whenever they announce that. So this, so this doesn't, obviously you're excited regardless. Does this enhance your excitement or just like, oh, this is nice to have the extra stuff? It's a wait and see. It's a wait and see. You I think know, it's you, nice. I mean, a, a, a nice operating system is great. What it can be used for in the future is what's more exciting, and I don't know enough to comment on that yet. Um. You know, I was happy enough with the pocket just doing what it said on the tin. So, on, on, the, on the tin, yeah, on the spam tin, yeah. <laughs> now, now less sodium for that. 
All right. I guess I guess we'll report back. Hopefully in December we can have your full your full uh, report on it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, they haven't announced another delay, have they? No, but they've waited. They waited not until the last last minute, but they waited until pretty close for but, the last one too. But by now, for it to come out in December, it's got to be on the boat. It's got to be coming over. So I, like, I would hope so. Yes. So if they didn't, that would be that would be bad for them. But all right, looking forward to what people think about it. It's exciting times. Ian, we have a we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you apply money. You apply money? <laughs> liberally apply cash you... to the wound. Uh, um, <laughs> liberally apply money. And we do, uh, I do uh, writings. We do uh, bonus podcast stuff. Yeah. We get the full video podcast. Uh, we do polls, this hangouts. W- this week we'll be talking about uh, my, my sticker album from my youth. And my sister's charm collection that she sold on eBay and how it upset me when I went back and visited. That was a lot of the stuff we talked about this week. But that's all available. And you can vote on a poll topic. In okay. second place, why do Pat and Ian talk about controversial topics? 28%. People don't like that one. Controversial. That would be my, my solo podcast. Controversial with Pat Contry. There you go. Like impulsive with Jake Paul. Um, and, or Logan Paul. And in first place, 72%. Games you enjoy watching other people play more than playing yourself. And that comes from Brandon Velasquez on Twitter, that suggestion. So I've never had a problem. I, I, I like watching people play games. Um, never had an issue with it. Uh, as long as the person playing the game is relatively decent at it or is like a friend. I've never understood... For instance, like the Let's Play stuff. Oh, okay. Um, um, I, I mean, I un- I should rephrase that. I understand it. It does not appeal to me. Watching pre-recorded videos. Yeah, like the pre-recorded Let's Play stuff. Doesn't no, I'm in the same boat for the most part. Um, and I think part of it is, as you said, because it's pre-recorded. Um, it's not in the moment. You're not having a conversation with the person. It's not, it's a, not streaming. It's, it's not, not, it's not streaming. Um, but also because I don't really know the person. Sure. Um, Watching someone play video games, especially if you grew up playing video games, uh, was just par for the course if you're hanging out with someone. Because there's one TV, and as long as you're not friends with total fucking assholes, um, you know, you're swapping off back and forth. You're hanging out, shooting the shit, Two watching the games. Uh, and it's, you know, and it's fun to do. Uh, you know, I remember lots of, you know, great memories being in high school and stuff like that. Um, you know, putting two heads together, essentially. You know, you're playing through a game, and you keep you know, banging up against the same point and you and your friends figure it out or your friend gets past a spot that you couldn't get past and you get past one that they couldn't get past. So I've never had the aversion to watching people play video games. I know there are people out there who cannot stand watching people play video games. And I understand that too. Uh, in terms of games that I like specifically really enjoy watching though, and, pr- pro- and way more than playing, um, I kind of learned this uh, through my relationship with Vani um open world games anything that is even remotely close to uh an open world game uh i think i have more fun watching someone play it than i would Hmm. playing it myself and the number one game that i can think of is something like um uh zelda breath of the wild um i own zelda breath of the wild i don't think i've ever put it in my system oh no um i've Uh never played it uh however i feel like i know that game intimately (laughs) 
because I've watched Vani. Vani's played it for like 200 hours, right? No, she's got like close to 500 hours on oh, that game. okay. She's put a lot of time into that game. Um, and I wasn't around for all of it, but like I remember her taking on certain beasts. I remember her uh, taking on... I remember when she finished the master trials. You know, I remember sitting up with her till five in the morning as she tried to get through the master trials. Um, and I enjoy it. And I think the reason I enjoy it is because my problem with open world games is that I get in there, I get too many options. Uh, the ah. world feels a mile wide, but only maybe a foot deep. And I I cannot focus. It's just part of my... Too many options. Too, too, what do I do first? Where do I go? Yeah. Part of my, <laughs> uh, you know, my, my mental health, my ADD, you know, it, it, it's really difficult for me to just focus. And I get into this rut in those games where I like, I log in, I get stressed out because I can't settle on any one thing to do. And I just shut them off and I go play something linear or I go play a shooter. Um, when I watch someone else play them, especially someone that I, you know, uh, like a friend or, or, or a loved one like Vani, you know, someone that I, I care about, uh, suddenly it's, it, it's fun. They make all those decisions. I get to see the game world. They explain stuff to me. You know, they don't, I, it's not like I ask a question every five minutes, but Vani will explain to me it's... what's going on and what these people are. And I get to experience it without all the fucking headache that I normally have when it comes to playing an open world game. It's like watching a nature show almost, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and then the other stuff is I'm not particularly great at like uh, fighting games. I like them, but fighting games are the other one that I feel like I, I, I enjoy watching. More than uh, playing. More, maybe not even more than playing, but I can definitely always watch people play fighting games, especially if they're, at, if they're playing at a high level. Um, it depends on the fighter. Uh, I always really enjoyed watching even though I know people don't necessarily love it as an entry, I like watching street fighter five because it, even though there's special stuff in there, it plays out more like a street fight. I enjoy some of the crazy anime fighting games too, but unless you have some sort of knowledge of those games, a lot of times it can just look too fast and flashy, but I enjoy watching fighting games. I, I, I like, you know, you can follow them more than you can. Something that's a little bit more abstract, like, uh, LOL or Heroes of the Storm or whatever the hell that one. Oh, I can't. Was. Even, I yeah. don't know what's happening when I watch those. Right. Um. All right. I'll start with fight, the fighting games things. I, I enjoy playing fighting games. Most of the time, I'm pretty good at them. Uh, the one that I never wrap my head around or get really get into is like the Marvel versus Capcom stuff because to me, it's too much going on when I'm playing it. I I I don't enjoy that. But I, I do like watching the flashy, you know, 85 hit combos that people do and things like that, where it's like the screen's blowing up like like a Fourth of July. Uh, fireworks so that's one that i definitely uh like watching more than than playing myself just because i just never got into it um other fighting games yeah i do like watching you know some street fighters stuff like the evo stuff gets exciting it, it gets i don't know if i like that more than playing it myself though because i was enjoying sure. street fighter but maybe that that's closer to around equal when it comes to that um after that, it's it's it doesn't get tough, but um, I guess you know what I used to like watching my cousins or my friend play like Final Fantasy like seven. I used to get into that because I mean, it's the same thing. Like I don't know what you know all the the potions and the, the but it's still a story playing out in front of me basically. This so you get to yeah. absorb a yeah. little bit of the aesthetic. You hear the yeah. music, you see the graphics, you get an idea of what people are into, but you don't have to learn the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, that's probably one would be RPGs. I, the more I think about it, like I'd watch someone play an RPG, and it's just because that's can be taxing 
all the constant decision making. Yeah. You know, it's not just like action works reaction. I got to think about, all right, I got to sign, you know, this, this, this buff to this character. I got to do a potion here. I'm just like that. Unless you're really into the game, that's not interesting to play. Like you can't just jump in and do that unless you're like really into the game uh, to begin with. And I guess that's, yeah, RPGs, the more I think about it. Yeah. That's probably the big one for me. Even though I can play some RPGs. Um, if I watch someone else play them, I'll get, you get the same experience almost watching someone play it anyway. Yeah. You're watching the story play out. It's slow enough that you can see everything that's happening. You can almost make decisions as they go right. and see what's happening because it's in a menu. You see the words, right? You say, oh, attack. You know, Unless defend. you're friends with a Kevin and they just mash the button through all the dialogue. Just, just, oh, I see. Well, Kevin wasn't, uh, wasn't sophisticated enough for RPGs, I think. No. She, Kevin, Kevin used to always mash his way through the fucking text and then not know what to do and be like, so what do I do next? I'm oh, like, my God. It's like, well, go back and see. That was an instance of hating watching someone play video games. Because, oh, like, he'd watch me play and he'd be like, that looks like fun. I'm like, all right, here. Borrow it. You play. Phone calls. What do I, what do, I do next? I, fucking read the goddamn story, you shitheel. See, see, that was your 90s Kevin. I had the 80s Kevin. Yeah. So the 80s to early 90s Kevin was just like cheating at Tech Mobile. Oh, my Kevin, was, my Kevin was 80s to 2000 until I finally was like, you know what, Kevin? No. No, we're good. Did you even contact him in 20 years? Uh, I haven't talked to Kevin since probably 2001. You, yeah. think, you think he knows about the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> you talking about how bad he is at RPGs at Final Fantasy. Kevin, you never fucking read anything. <laughs> read, Kevin! Well, at least it, at least you didn't see your plays in Tech Mobile. Um, that, that that was bad. When I that that was that was the relationship was never the same after that. Or, or cheating at a board game. You also cheat at a board game once. Oh, no, you cheat at board games. No. You scum. No, we'll toss you in the well mm-hmm. and throw rocks in afterwards. That's oh, right. Yeah. We're that's making right. sure you're never getting out. That's right. Ian, we agree. Ian will craft. We'll, we'll co-sponsor that bill in Congress. You cheat at a board game or right. fudge your rolls in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you will fudge rolls. Fudge rolls. That doesn't sound good. But what do you mean? People say, oh, I really rolled a six instead of like an eight, or they'll say stuff like that? Really? I'm, I'm just saying, if you fudge your rolls in D&D, you're, you're, you're garbage. Is that a thing? I'm sure it is. How, but people watch, right? Oh, I rolled a four. Like, yeah. our, our group is very trustworthy. So, like, if when we do play online, uh, the DM knows that everyone loves rolling dice. That's half the fun of D&D. So, like, we yeah. just roll and tell what our number is. But, like... You can lie, though. You're saying. It's like Battleship. You could lie there, but... It's like Battleship. You can, no oh. one who's a fucking human being would ever lie about a fucking dice roll well, in the game you, of Dungeons & Dragons. I didn't think people would lie about playing board games ever until you, you're around enough snot-nosed kids. Well, I mean, people don't want their characters to die, but it's, like, just... It's part of the game. Part of the risk. De- dealing with loss is part of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but don't but don't lie about don't take extra money out of the bank in Monopoly. Like what are you doing? Yeah. Like what are you doing? Or I guess you can you can lie in a roll if you don't see it in Monopoly. So oh, I didn't land on your boardwalk. I went right to go. It's like come on, get the fuck out. Get out. It's, it's the integrity of the whole system shot. Get out. All right, back to the topic. Other games you enjoy watching uh people play more than than by play. How about I thought about this one. Because this is something I hate playing, but didn't mind watching if it was good. Like like something like Guitar Hero, I didn't mind. I didn't mind watching someone know how to play that. I really didn't. As much as I <laughs> decry it for being an awful game genre, um, I didn't mind watching people do the guitar stuff. Watching watch. people who are good at rhythm games yeah. is pretty awesome, actually. Because you get into it, you can see you know it plays the song. Um, I will say this though: once you go to rock band and hearing people awfully try to sing, then it falls apart. Because then it's like, well, the music, the, the music stuff is fine, you know, the instruments. But now when you hear people sing it, then it's like just bad karaoke. No, then it's 
because I've I've been to digital presses when the dark days of the digital press of their you know two thousand eight, you know when when it was huge, you mm-hmm. know rock band and people wailing, doing doing the the rock band stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, no, turn it turn it off. New, no. it's bad enough. No, no, no but with the honestly with the rock band, it's fine because you just hear professional musicians and and singers in the songs, and then when you go to when you go to the people singing by themselves, no, that's enough. That's enough. I'm done with it. Oh boy, yeah. Now I'm getting bad flashbacks. All right. I hope Digital Press is doing well. Love that. Love that shop. Ian, do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped, who are sponsoring this segment. When it comes to below the waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent and it will scare away those vampires. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. It's a full moon out there, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned pube products feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate spots. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. And if you're looking like Wolverine and haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to look into Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. Say trick-or-treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Uh, Ian, we got uh, we got voicemails. We do. Let's do it. We love all the voicemails. Try to keep them short, 20, 30 seconds. Anchor.fm. Slash to see you podcast. Please and thank you. Huh? Please and thank you. Please and thank you. It's good for the editing. Good for the digest. Uh, this is the first one from, I think we skipped this one by accident uh, the other week. Hey guys, it's Brandon from Wisconsin, host of the Creative Outlet podcast, coming at you with another wah, question. Wah. Uh, so earlier this summer, I picked up the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, the newest entry in uh, what is now one of my favorite game series. But of course, every time a new game uh from that series comes out, I always think back to how when I first saw Ace Attorney, I thought that would be uh, kind of boring. So, of course, that got me thinking, what are some of your favorite games that when you first saw it, you thought would be pretty boring or could just be bad conceptually? Thanks, guys. A uh, good example, I guess, for me recently is I started playing Doki Doki Literature Club Plus on the Switch. Uh, it's a visual novel. Um, it is a, uh, well, it's one of those games where the less said about it and the less you know about it going in, the better. But I really thought it was just kind of kind of be, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I've tried reading visual novels. They don't always hold my attention. Uh, is an Ace Attorney almost like a visual novel? Yes, which is why this kind of made me think okay. of it. Uh, but Ace Attorney has some puzzle solving yeah, and, some, puzzle. and, and, I, I and some adventure games. I played stuff the first, 
first game or two I played. Yeah. They're they're good. Yeah. Um, so as I've started playing through Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, I really have enjoyed it. So um, visual novels, I think, if they're done well, are probably the ultimate definition of a game like that for me, where I think it's going to be lame. But if it's done well, I end up really, really enjoying it because then it becomes like reading a book with some interaction. Uh, I felt the same way about the Ace Attorney games. Uh, I played it. I played one or two of the Professor Layton's back in the day. Maybe on a flashcard for the DS. And um, I don't know if I thought that would be bad, but I was like, okay, what are you going to do with all this puzzle stuff? I was like, oh, it's, it's interesting how they tied it into a story. It was interesting. Sure. I got into it. Some of those puzzles were super tough. I almost feel like going back and playing them. Some of those were just like, I have no idea where to start in some of those. That, was, that series is still going strong, right? They've done a bunch of those. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. Dang, I'll tell you what, man. This little boy, Tom and Tyler Amico, man. Go to that dang old website, man. This little... Musician, magician, man, just talking to Dango Metroid Prime, lying through that, that boy's Dango, lying through that, that, that Dango teeth, man. Go up there, type www.wcom, tylerico.wcom, man. Little old, click on that gaggum link, man. Little old lady wailing, man. I think in theory, when you want to do shtick, you, think, you stick to like one theme. <laughs> like just stick to one. Don't like cross over until like I'm going to try to do occasion thing. And then come back to it was all over the place. That I don't know. that that, that hurt my bad. brain. <laughs> That's gonna be I a mean, no for me, dog. Yeah, uh, dog. Yeah, that that no. Why did I skip that one? I think that was whatever. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Mike from California. My question is: What would you say are maybe the top three or four uh, third-party video game companies? Uh, that are the most significant to uh, the video game industry as a whole. Wow, that's a tough question. Um, your, question. You know, Capcom, Square, Konami, stuff like that. <sighs> love, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. The top three currently going or like all time? Because now you have these gigantic companies like Ubisoft and <laughs> yeah. Activision Blizzard. That's a tough one. I mean, it's tough. Um, I, I think the the initial response, especially for a lot of people who played retro games, would probably be like Konami, um, Capcom. Uh, Square, or Square, and I would... Uh, that's three, you're done. Well, I know there's... A, there's. That's because now I have a little bit no more No Namco? Room. That'd be more the 80s. Namco, the yes. 80s. Oh, yeah. But 80s, and not so much as, like... They got big as a home developer later, I feel like. Like, as a... Like a, like a, a, a powerhouse for consoles. Uh-huh. When they really started releasing stuff, I feel like that was, like, later on. Um, one that I do want to mention now, though, that I think is absolutely worth mentioning is Atlas. Um, Atlas, as a publisher, uh, took very niche games and made them very much mainstream. Um, and I can't I, I think the modern RPG uh, landscape would look different without Atlas being around. Hello, guys. This is Cliff Conway. I wanted to know what you thought of the Fallout series, specifically Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Last year, I beat both these games for my first time, and I really enjoyed them and thought that they did live up to the hype. I wanted to know what you thought about these and what they did for gaming, because I never really heard you guys talk about them. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, Fallout 3, I enjoyed a lot. Fallout New Vegas is probably 
I, I've already said multiple times, I think, this podcast that I don't really play open world games. However, if I had to pick one that I really liked, it would be Fallout New Vegas. I thought the story was good. I thought the interactions, the things that changed based on your choices were good. I enjoyed all the gameplay elements, and I love the VATS targeting system. I think it's super fun. Um, so I don't have as much love for Fallout 3, but I did, I did really like New Vegas, and I hated Fallout 4. Um, I would love to see a Fallout 5 that uh, doesn't have the um, the community building stuff in it. Hey guys, John from Lloydminster, Canada. As a kid, I jumped ships straight from the NES to the Genesis and then back to the N64. So I didn't play too many Super Nintendo games until GBA re-releases and eventually the Virtual Console. Are there any classic games you didn't play until they showed up later on on other systems? Thank you. They didn't sh- until they didn't show up on other systems. Until they showed up on other systems. Oh, until they showed up. Okay. Um, you know, the big one for me, and it's not that I didn't play it when I was younger. I did here and there, but I didn't really give the Donkey Kong Country series a fair shake until uh, adulthood. And I mean, like within the past few years, because Vonnie loves that series. Um, so I sat down and really started to play him again. And you know what? Uh, I like him a lot more than I thought I did. I'm probably I, in the same boat. I didn't enjoy I, them for some reason at the time. I hated him as a kid. I really did not I like, I, I did not like the graphical style. See, I just, I didn't like the, the mechanics to me were weird at the time. I like, I just wasn't used to that versus a traditional platformer. Maybe yeah. that's why. Um, but going back to them, I, I really, I really enjoy them. I'm trying to think of, was there one from the Super Nintendo era I missed? Cause that was, I, I, Basically, I played a Super Nintendo for like two years until I was off it for for PC gaming. Was there any big Super Nintendo title that, looking back, I might have missed out on until another release? Um, I was going to say Mega Man X. I never got into Mega Man X at all. I don't think I have never played through any of them. <laughs> Mega Man X is uh, that 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 might have could have been one, but you know uh, that's a tough one. I think for a lot of people, it would be the RPGs. Your RPGs because not every kid has all that time. You have eighty bucks. To- spend on each of them right to buy them all or blow through them all so i feel like if this question was asked at large a lot of the answers would be various rpgs this is paul from raleigh nc hey paul so here's the deal you're walking around your home one day and you notice a door you've never seen before (laughs) you open it to find a small room with a light gun game an arcade racer and a pinball machine what three games would you love to see in that room for me it would be operation wolf Daytona USA in Medieval Madness. Man, Paul always has these hypotheticals that are, I got to think about. I like you, Paul. Light, light gun, pinball, racer. Just based on my current mood, uh, but probably close to all time, I would go uh, Suntire for the pinball machine, Ridge Racer, one of the versions of Ridge Racer for the arcade racer, and for the light gun game, I would go with Point Blank. Uh, Medieval Madness is my favorite as well. I mean, I, I try to think of another one. No, that's the one being the most playable for me that I want to come back to. Uh, light gun game is tougher for me. There's not, there's never a light gun game that I'm like, oh, I absolutely have to play this game whenever it's in front of my face. Um, I could go. Operation Wolf was too simple, but that's the classic one. That's like the, you know, almost prototypical one you think of. Uh, I I love Terminator Two. That could be up there uh, for me. Uh, Terminator 2 Arcade is really good. I might put that one in. Um, it's a great movie tie-in as well. Um, and then for for racing, oof. What what racing one would be one that I'd be like, okay, I can be 
okay with this one all the time. And it's going to be a weird answer or one that's kind of just shallow, but I don't know. I, I got, a, I had a lot of fun in Jersey Shore playing cruise in USA. Excellent. That the, the, you know, I had a great time playing that. It's goofy and fun. Nint- Nintendo racy type of game. Nintendo racer. You know, who's goofy and fun. You are. Hey, what's up guys. It's Phil Bell, AKA Phil Bowser. Question for you this time is, what are your memories growing up going to rental stores for movies or video games? Uh, personally, we had Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, and even drugstores used to have rental sections. I remember going to Blockbuster and my first experience with N64, I rented the unit from them. And even remember Blockbuster having tournaments similar to World Championships, but you would play like NBA Jam. But love it here. Oh, thoughts. yeah, the Blockbuster Thanks. Championship from like 93, mm-hmm. 94. I, yeah. I, I entered that. Uh, my memories of rental stores. I mean, for video games, it's it always comes down to uh, Record Theater, which was a small independent record shop in Buffalo, New York. Had a couple of locations. I think they still have at least one or two. Um, and that was where I rented almost all of my Nintendo games from. Um, there was a couple other places. Um, a ton around me. Didn't do a whole lot of rentals like once I got into like the Genesis era and stuff, but during the NES era, I rented all the time. Uh, I also rarely rented for PlayStation. Um, I didn't have an N64 at the time, but I rarely did like PlayStation rentals. I had friends though who did that all the time, were making use of video game rentals. Uh, and I do recall um, not only drugstores, but like supermarkets. I've talked about having rental sections that was real popular for a while for every place to basically offer some form of um, not just video rental, but video game rental. Yeah, I don't, mine, I, my supermarkets, I don't remember having that, but maybe they didn't, we didn't pay attention. But no, there were so many mom and pops around. Yeah. This is before, you know, Palmer Video. This is before well, Blockbusters came, started coming in, what, like mid-90s and wiping out even stuff like Palmer and things like that. Um, Easy Video was an East Coast chain. I don't know if you've seen those. Mm-hmm. Smaller chain. That's where I think I said I, I rented Turbo Graphics games. The one store that had Turbo Graphics games, it was about 15 minutes away, 10, 15 minutes. But it was like, oh, we went there. That's where I played. Because as a kid, I was like, where did I play Dragon Spirit? I couldn't think about where I played Dragon Spirit. I never played on the NES. I'm like, oh, I must have rented it from that store one weekend mm. to play Dragon Spirit. Um, and maybe a couple other Turbo games that I never recalled owning but somehow played. But um, yeah, the, the, it, was, it was fun. We, we, I rented games for my parents twice a month, sometimes more in the summer, more than that, because it's the summer. You know, what do you get? You can't go outside every day in the 95 degree heat. Uh, lots of rentals. I, I would go to the, uh, the, the local Indian family owned uh, place that was nearby, and they had a little wire shelf of games. I think I told you before, they had the really weird red multi cards. First time I saw a multi card ever. And I was like, wow, 200, 200 games on a cart? And it had the, and it had the uh, we were, our minds were blown because it had the alternate Tetris that you couldn't <laughs> find, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it had Tengen Tetris. It had Tengen Tetris. We're like, what? And then it had a bunch of games you never like. When you're a kid, and you start and you find something like that, you know you're not sure what it is. And then when you discover games you never even heard of before, that's like a whole other world. Like, oh, you're playing all these Famicom games that you didn't know they're Famicom games. Like, what the hell are these? Oh, these are pretty fun. Or this yeah, is fun. like it's interesting sort What's of concept. Bird week. It's- uh, other than that, though, just the memories of walking into all these different. I mean, literally, there was. I've been. We probably rented from at the peak, eight different stores. They were everywhere in the mid to late 80s. They were everywhere. I remember being, this is going more about the the games, about the movies and the games. I remember being sort of like 
titillated by the horror section because it was like oh yeah taboo and like it was like oh you're like five or six i used to love walking through the horror section just looking at the covers enough was yeah there was one that haunts me to this day because someone out there doesn't know what i'm talking about it must have been a series because i remember seeing multiple co- uh, colors of this cover mm-hmm. it was a, a guy like in a cape or something one was getting sawed in half on the on the cover with blood <laughs> it's just seared in my memory since when i was five but i remember there being multiple ones with the same cover mm-hmm. and it was literally like getting saw like blonde woman or whatever and blood was like that was the cover of that but like i was too scared to like look at the back of it mm-hmm. but it was right it was like right near the bottom it was, oh, it was right there that was that was a that was a mom pop and i never remember running a game there. i remember saying someone please tell me in the comments what what horror series or movie that was this is by the mid 80s i was like i was like five and i saw that haunts me to this day like i would just be like looking at it like what the f- it is violent on the cover Hola, amigos, or amigos. (laughs) Boys, it's Matt from Georgia. Ian, Pat, love what you guys do. I got a question for you today. I don't know if you're the experts I needed, but you're the experts that I got, so I think I'm going to give it a shot here. I'm having an issue playing classic video games, and I'll enjoy it. I'll just – I'm finding myself in a nostalgia. It's just wonderful. I get to the final boss, and I want to just – set the game aside i feel like i can't end it yeah that, that's something that happened to me as a kid where it's almost like you were almost sad that you ended the game because it was, it was such a such a journey oh, that happens to me all the time there yeah. are I, so there are I, i'm notorious for not finishing games and rpgs but um what notorious. i don't what i don't mention is that i i get to the end of almost all of them oh and then i walk away just walk away. Happens to me with books too. I get to like the last twenty pages, and it's like I gotta really like sit down and force myself to finish the book. I, I have a tough time finishing narrative arcs, I guess. Okay, um, we'll do a couple more here. What was I gonna say? I was gonna respond to that. Yeah. Oh no! Before, before I go to the next question, it was depressing in a way when you saw the ending of a game because, like, a game like Contra, you know, you finally beat Contra. We'll just say. Well, at least with the third life code, it's it's easier. But it, it represented something where like you can never have that same experience again playing that game. Sure. There's nothing new to discover. That's it. Especially when they're hard ass NES games where, yeah, you can beat it in like twenty minutes if you're good, but it takes you so long to get to that point. And then it's like it's relief, but it's also like sadness. Because we don't have the selection of games we have now. You were stuck with a certain amount of games and that's right. it. It's 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 I mean, games are obviously you know, replayable movies are rewatchable, but you never get that same experience ever again. Sure. Going through the first time you watch something, mm-hmm. for example. All right, we'll do a few more here. Mm. Hi, Pat and Ian. My name is Ryan. I'm from Georgia. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I like to listen to you guys while I walk my dogs or when I go on long trips. Nice. Woo. My question is primarily for Ian, though, Pat. You kind of touched on this in a previous episode. So oh. if you have anything more you'd like to add, I'd love to hear it. Sure. Uh, my question is, in terms of role-playing games, do you guys prefer turn-based combat or real-time action-based uh, combat? What do you prefer? Uh, I prefer uh, turn-based combat, and these days combat? I prefer, I, uh, I prefer um, like grid-based, grid-based turn-based combat, like something with a little bit more strategy. Uh, so, you know, the tactics-type games, uh, Fire Emblem, um, 
I, I haven't played a lot of those, but that's I, I'd like, the, I'd like the there to be a little uh, bit more meat. That said, I do like some basic, basic turn-based type stuff. Like I love the Etrian Odyssey series. Those are like the first-person dungeon crawlers, and those are you know real basic wizardy wizardry style turn-based combats. As long as there's enough room, skills, and um, you know effects at play to create some sort of strategy, I'm, I'm happy. But the ability to move around and position yourself on a on a battlefield on a is grid. fun too. Yeah, that's how I. I mean. With games like Civilization, things like that, where you actually feel like you're affecting the outcome directly by positioning with using terrain and having the right sort of units, that would always be preferable to me versus click a button, attack, or you know what I mean? Like now, problematically, the more uh, options I get and the bigger the grid gets, the worse I am at the game. So okay. I'm much more likely what to do better at a standard turn. Well, how they can game. the grids get in those tactics games? Oh, they can get big. Like 30, I just mean the more the, the the more the more ability to choose you add, the less likely I am to make the best strategic decision. Yeah, honestly, that might be why RPGs never really appealed to me by and large because the monotony and the the feeling of you're not really doing much. You know, you you level up your character until it's powerful enough to well attack enemies. Something like Final Fantasy does not do a great job, especially like some of the mid Final Fantasies, like uh, six maybe seven, definitely uh, nine. Um, the status effects are more of like an annoyance. You're just thinking, eh, just brush them off. When 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 you start playing an RPG where there's like status effects that really mean something, then there is some fun in that uh trying to you know mitigate the problems and you know lessen the damage and things like that when you can actually work strategy in but i think if you're if your main experience especially if you're thinking like final fantasies for jrpgs they've always done a pretty bad job at that that really does feel like especially for like the first half of the game is very much just to hit the button to get through it attack 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 yeah grind 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 all right i think we might, we might have someone else check oh we might have one more Oh, hey, Pat, it's Tommy. I just heard the horrible news about your Twitter account. And wouldn't you know it, some people actually blamed me for it. Can you believe? All right, it was me. But I <laughs> promised my heart was in the right place. Because you're only following less than 100 people on there. You're probably not getting all the information you need every day. Is it because you don't want to be judged for who you follow like someone else you know? I don't know. Let's see if they do judge you for following Alex Jones. Oh, he's banned from Twitter. Oh, well. How about Ann Coulter? Yeah, now we're talking. Better be careful, Pat. People might think you have a little thing for her. Oh, I know. Let's follow Pizza Hut. Yeah, good luck explaining your way out of that one. <laughs> but you should really tweet something to connect with your followers. I got it. You know what's bullshit? Women's rights. <gasps> Pat, you can't tweet that. Boom, you just did. Oh, boy, you're in big trouble. Oh, hey, the quartering just followed you. See how it helps you build friendships? <laughs> oh, Tommy, how dare you have me follow Pizza Hut? You rep Scalian. My rep, my rep is totally shot now. Yeah. Tommy, how dare you? How dare you? How'd you get that password, Tommy? Oh, man. There, there was some people actually suggesting that they're like, oh, the, oh, I know. saw some pro. It wasn't some, it? Wasn't some? It was pretty much every freaking person in the replies. <laughs> yeah, that would be well worth their time. Someone, a friend of mine, actually said that. I don't, he texted me. I don't mean to be conspiratorial, but could that have been someone from Intellivision? I said, is that where we're at? Where if I could have, you think it's an Intellivision going after me with some espion, some corporate espionage? <laughs> That'd be funny, though. Not, not going to admit it. That that would make the documentary that will eventually. Come oh yeah. Out. So that was fun, right? 
Yep. That was a good podcast. That was a good one. That was a, a somewhat a short one. Get back to that. Like 90, 95 minutes. 90 minutes. A proper, a proper movie. Proper comedy. 90, 95 minutes. But if you'd like to hear more, you, tune into Patreon. You can go right to patreon.com. You can hear us talk about this week. We're talking about sticker albums. And you talk about Panini stickers. Albums I didn't know was a thing. And charm bracelets and an argument between my sister and me. Go right to patreon.com. Let's see you We'll see you next week, right? Bye. Bye.